Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the Wolverine.com podcast video edition. This is John Borden. I'm here with Brian Bush, who had a wild night along with the Wolverines last night. Uh, welcome back to the podcast, Brian. Uh, always good to be here, John. I'll tell you what, it was uh, one of those games where Michigan takes control. Juwan Howard's team getting off to an 11-point lead in the second half, and then all of a sudden – Things seem to uh, fall apart for a little bit. They're down seven. And without Hunter Dickinson, without Musa Diabate having fouled out towards the end, uh, they come back and win it by two. Your, your thoughts on this one? Uh, John, it was as weird and as odd and uh, as unexplainable of a game that I can remember. It, I mean, Michigan shot better than 50%. Uh, they didn't have a ton of turnovers. It, they, they made some, don't get me wrong, but it wasn't like this was just some egregious performance that would negate that shooting. Uh, but Northwestern, just a unique team. They, they seemingly bring in a new player or three every uh, stoppage of play. Uh, they have a lot of experience and a lot of smart players. Um, and, and, you know, Michigan looked like they were pulling away. Uh, and I think my biggest takeaway was, you know, when, when you're sitting there and Michigan's down seven, you know, Terry and I were talking during a a, a timeout, and, and the question was, how is Michigan going to sto- going to score? And this was, you know, Hunter and, and Musa hadn't fouled out at this point, uh, but there really has been that question out there of, you know, how will Michigan manufacture offense when they are down late in the game? And they found a way both with Hunter and Musa on the floor, and then when those two guys fouled out on consecutive defensive possessions. So uh, for, for Michigan to pull that off, listen, it, it was not pretty. This is not going to be at the uh, the top of the uh, highlight reel come March and April for this program uh, for the 2021-2022 season, but you got to scratch and claw and, and find your way through a game or two like this. And, and I, I think it, I think it's an intriguing one heading into Saturday because you got the win, but boy, uh, it's going to be a very busy couple of days in practice and in film for this for this group. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, it is. Uh, you, you noted it. It won't be a necessarily a highlight win, but it will be a home win rather than a home loss when when they tally up the uh, all of the credentials for NCAA tournament, and that's huge because this was. Uh, uh, you know, it could have been a, a disastrous loss. Yeah, I mean, to me, I I felt like the Seton Hall and like the Minnesota games at times in the second half yesterday. And 
I, I don't know if this team would have won that game last night in the first two weeks of the season, in the first five or six weeks of the season. Uh, so that's growth. It, is it the required growth in order to, to get back into the Big Ten hunt and be an NCAA tournament team? No, they, they have to play better than they played probably this Saturday to have any chance at Michigan State. But we saw what they can do when they play well. So uh, I think it's a matter of, you know, Coach Howard and I talked a little bit on our pregame yesterday about consistency. Michigan was showing that for, you know, for stretches, and now it, it kind of went away a little bit. Can they limit that range a little bit of potential outcomes? They're going to have to do that with some of these games because, you know, the, the Big Ten is just too good. We talked about some of the struggles. One of the uh, consistent points again was Caleb Houston leading the team in scoring. And uh, just he seems to have found himself in terms of shooting the basketball in particular, and they absolutely needed it last night. Yeah, I mean, he's he's been huge in these last three games, and it's not surprising that Michigan's first three-game win streak would coincide with with kind of the emergence of that offensive repertoire for Caleb Houston. And, and the cool thing is I, I do think that there's still some real growth that he can make in terms of what he can do on you know off the dribble, driving to the basket, mixing things up so that it's not always a guarantee. But for me, from a three-point shooting standpoint, what was great to see was that that three late in the game on the great pass from Jaron Falls. And, and Houston, it was contested. That was not an open look. The vast majority of Houston's threes have been largely open looks, but he, in a clutch situation, had to find a way to, to make a bucket, uh, and he did, even though it was not an open look. So that, that to me, are, those are those steps. And, you know, I, I've said a few times, I think he's kind of similar in trajectory. It's a different player in a different style. But remember, Franz Wagner really started to – to seemingly get better every game around this time his freshman year. Is Caleb Houston in line for something like that? I mean, he certainly got the ability and the talent, and we all know he's going to have the opportunities with the basketball and, and with his minutes to, to be able to log a, a bunch of production if he's able. Tell me the difference between aggressive Hunter Dickinson, like we saw at Indiana, and seemingly a little bit passive Hunter Dickinson, which I, I couldn't really explain uh, last night. It, it just he, – he seemed to defer to others. Yeah, you know, I mean, remember he did have 10 assists in his previous two games, and, and he really is understandably feeling himself a little bit in terms of how well he's distributing the basketball, and uh, and that's really opened things up. But I do think that has to be more of a secondary, a supplemental aspect of his game because he's he's really effective when, when he can primarily score, um, but, you know, occasionally dish it out. I, you know, I, I don't – I don't know enough about, you know, some of the attacks that Northwestern threw, if it was just something defensively, you know, we didn't talk to him post game to see if that was one of the, uh, one of the issues, um, you know, Northwestern will throw some different things. Um, certainly they brought some doubles here and there. Um, so I, I don't know exactly what happened. If it was just an off night or if it was something schematically that Northwestern did, um, you know, I, I, I do think, listen, 21 plus in his previous three that's tough to sustain especially for a big man um you know I, I think there are still plenty of those games in him to expect that every night is probably unrealistic but yeah I, I do think that you know what you should expect is is better than what we saw last night 
and and probably not quite as much as what we saw in the previous game. So I'm not really concerned too much about that by any stretch. And you know, I, I think the foul trouble certainly threw him off of his his game a little bit, especially you know down the stretch in that one. Um, that was the other thing too. I mean, it, it was just a very uniquely uh, refereed game, and I'm not going to get into you know if it favored one side or the other. I just I personally like a brand of basketball that features uh, fewer fouls than that. Um, I like to have a little more physicality, and, and I, I do wonder if maybe that played in because you know there were there were fouls on both sides that were a little sticky tacky in my opinion. Yeah, well, including Hunter Dickinson's fifth foul, in in my right. opinion, uh, his his fourth foul I thought was uh, uh, just a frustration kind of thing where he's clawing at the the ball after he lost it, and uh, but that that fifth foul. Uh, boy, that was a that that was a head scratcher. Yeah, well, it, you mentioned the fourth. The other one that again, it's easy to forget because it was so early in the game. But Hunter's first foul was thirty feet from the basket on a reach in. Like those, those are the types of plays we 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 focus on the fifth. And yes, I do agree with you that that was probably for for two and a half minutes left in the game. That's close. Yeah, I'm I'm hopeful on both sides of the floor that the referees are swallowing that whistle. But you give yourself that you leave yourself susceptible to things when you do have a frustration fourth foul a 30 feet from the basket first foul that you know there's nothing good that can happen from a center fouling from anywhere outside of 15 feet and and hunter had you know he had a couple of those and you know though that's where you you lose that margin for error on foul number five and if if they're if they're pretty happy with the whistle you could get burned like michigan did brandon johns jr is um a potential big contributor. He contributed down the stretch last year. He contributed in the NCAA tournament last night. It seemed like, uh, I don't know. He, he was, um, maybe a little lost at times, lost a shoe and, uh, and then, uh, got chewed out a little bit on the sideline. Your, your take on where he's at and what he potentially could give this team down the stretch. You know, it's interesting. Brandon and I talked uh, sometime late summer, uh, and he, you know, the thing that he shared with me last year that really helped him was that, you know, he he heard from some of the leaders on that team, the the Isaiah Livers of the world. Hey, you know, wait your turn, your time will come. And I, I think he was very understanding of the fact that, hey, I, I got I got a bunch of pros in front of me. Um, I'm going to play my role, be ready for my time, and and obviously he came through. I mean, he was outstanding down the stretch in the postseason when livers got hurt. Yeah. I, I really wondered, you know, this year he started the first six games, uh, you know, he, he played okay, but not quite to that level by any stretch last year when that was his, that was his best time in a, in a Michigan uniform. And, and now he's coming off the bench. He just had COVID. And I, I wonder, I mean, as a guy who, who was patient, who waited his turn for three years, it had been very easy, but you can put together a heck of a Brandon Johns Jr. highlight tape uh, and send it out if you wanted to, to, to look for, you know, potential greener pastures. But he didn't. He waited it out. And, you know, you really wonder when, when you're a senior, when you do look at this as potentially your last go around in college basketball and things don't go that well on the floor, then you get COVID. And, you know, it took him a while to get back because of, of some of the side effects of it. You know, you, you really wonder if that's all kind of, you know, coming together and, and, and affecting things. But um, I, I'd, be, I'd be very surprised if, if Brandon Johns did not have, you know, an impact down the stretch. It, it, it won't be 30 minutes a night probably like he did in the postseason. 
but but this is a young man that can still help this team. Uh, he, he's always had a good attitude about stuff. I know that that shoe thing was was certainly very much out of character. Uh, but you know, we, we've heard from a lot of athletes that you know COVID can kind of throw you off the game. What, what Hunter's done in coming back and playing a ton of minutes, really. I mean, if he didn't have those foul issues, he'd have played thirty-five plus last night again. Um, you know, some guys just react differently than others. Um, so I, I wonder if it's just all kind of, you know, it, it, this, this season has not gone the way that Brandon Johns expected. Now, can he bounce back? Can he respond to that? Uh, that'll be, that'll be big in, in seeing what type of a role he'll have one, but what type of a role he'll have with this team down the stretch. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about this weekend. Obviously, uh, Michigan state has had its own ups and downs, uh, they lost to this same uh, Northwestern team by a bucket, and uh, they recently lost to Illinois without its full roster. Uh, Illinois is jam-packed with talent anyway, but your thoughts on uh, on Michigan State and where they stand right now? Yeah, I mean, obviously the thing that, that jumps out that, you know, Michigan can take advantage of is, is just, I mean, how many times they're turning over the basketball. I mean, it has been a, a huge problem for them. It seemed to pop up. You, you can, you know, you can really draw a parallel to the turnovers for, for all four of their losses, for some of their close wins that have certainly not been the prettiest. Um, they haven't blown out a whole lot of teams in Big Ten play outside of Wisconsin last weekend. So, I mean, you know, the range is certainly there. Um but, you know, I think on the positive side, you look at the growth of their bigs and, and really just, you know, uh, the, the likes of a Gabe Brown, a Marcus Bingham, uh, those are evolved college basketball players. They have taken the strides and the steps that, you know, I, I think at times folks around East Lansing, folks around the Big Ten wondered, you know, what they really would provide. Could they get to that form? Uh, so it, it's going to be a challenge for Michigan's front court. Um Hunter's going to have to play better than he did. We're going to have to see the Bloomington Hunter. Uh, we're going to have to see Musa Diabate, who, again, I mean, he he's continuing to improve, but he's, he's going to have to make sure that, you know, the emotion in the moment doesn't get too big for him because you know he's going to be fired up to go out there and play. So, um, you know, you, I think you look at when this, this matchup could have happened in Ann Arbor versus now, and, and you have to like the strides that Michigan has taken. Uh, I think Michigan State probably has – a few more questions now than they would have two, three weeks ago. But I don't think there it's a huge difference because again, the, the turnovers have been the, the thing that really have plagued them all season long. Um, but you know, can, can Michigan, and we talked about it leading up to that first matchup, you know, can Michigan handle the interior? Can Michigan stay close in the three point battle? Uh, that was a real question from, from beyond the arc when we were talking in, in early January uh, Michigan's shooting like crazy from deep, and they're defending pretty well from out there too. So uh, they've certainly closed the gap on some of those, uh, and they definitely have a real chance to go up there and, and get this done. They certainly can't allow Michigan State to just run out all the time and uh, and use that transition game to uh, to score at will. Besides that, what, what would be the biggest aspects that uh, you see that could – have this be a uh, a game that goes right down to the wire. I, I for me, I, I just think it's it's this rivalry. It's the first time in you know almost two years that there will actually be fans at this game. Uh, and and for me, you look at the difference of Michigan handling road environments at Indiana 
I'll throw at Illinois in that because Michigan was as shorthanded as they were, but they still really played well. Um, where it went awry for Michigan on the road at North Carolina, at UCF, uh, you know, against Arizona in Las Vegas was it was just kind of an avalanche down the stretch. Uh, the second half really got away from them, and, and they've been able to taper that off. Michigan hasn't had a ton of, like, blow-away second halves, but they, they haven't allowed the, the quicksand to engulf them. Michigan State's going to make their runs. They're going to have their highlight plays. Um, they're a good team. But I, I think this ball club is more is better equipped to handle road environments. You're seeing, I think, Devontae Jones have more of a, of a handle on what it, it takes to be a point guard in the Big Ten. Obviously, Hunter uh, ha- has been tremendous in some of these road situations in his career, um, and and his finest performance was was at Indiana last weekend. So I, I like where this team's at from a mindset, from a mentality standpoint. Uh, but it's about execution, and it's about making sure that you can avoid the big Michigan State runs. I think they certainly can. Uh, but but as we all know, I mean, the, you know, Breslin's a tough place to go, uh, fans or not but the fans certainly make it a little bit more uh, uh, challenging. Um, but, you know, if this thing's close late, I, I like the horses that Michigan can go out there and, and provide as long as, you know, again, they're, they're avoiding that foul trouble that, that, that plagued them a little bit last night. Sure. We saw that uh, they've been able to uh, sandwich the Purdue game back into the schedule, uh, the one that got postponed. Do you think that the Michigan State game will appear there here sooner or later? I'll say this. I Looking at the, the two schedules alongside Michigan's, the Purdue game felt like a lot more challenging to figure out than the Michigan State game. So the way I look at it is if, if that game got scheduled, I feel pretty good about the Michigan State one just because there, there are some openings that don't require a whole lot of shifting around, whereas you know Michigan's schedule didn't change other than just adding that game in, whereas um, Purdue and Illinois, they were supposed to play on that Thursday the 10th. So um, we'll see how it all goes. But, yeah, for me, I was more worried about the Purdue game getting in than Michigan State. If that one gets in, I I feel pretty good about uh, the the Ann Arbor rematch for these two. All right. Just to finish up, uh, several road games here coming up. Uh, Your thoughts on – not just Michigan State, but what Michigan has coming in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, I mean, this this is a really big stretch. It, it That's why yesterday was so big, because you, you just can't afford to give away any more home games. Michigan really has uh, lost two really tough ones with that Seton Hall and, those Minis- and that Minnesota game. I mean, those two felt like they should have been wins, and, and Michigan couldn't get it done. Um, but we all knew there was going to be some challenges in the Big Ten, uh, you go back-to-back weekends to Michigan State and to Purdue. Uh, those, those are two of the most hostile environments in the league. Um, listen, Michigan wants them all. They're greedy, right? But if you can hold your own, if you can kind of tread water and, and, and just not go into another lengthy losing streak, uh, then, then there's some home opportunities on the back end of all of this down the stretch that, that Michigan can take advantage of. So, uh, again, th- this team, because of this three-game win streak, has put itself in position to – you know, be right back into the hunt. Uh, now it's a matter of continuing that. And, you know, is Michigan going to finish 17-3 and three in the Big Ten? No, probably not. But uh, this team still has designs to get back into the conference race. Uh, and from an NCAA tournament standpoint, 
they have they have right now ever since I think that that Central Florida loss was the one that kind of looked and said, boy, you know, the non-conference did not go the way that you expected. You got to really put in some work in Big Ten play, and and I think they've laid the foundation for it. Um, and you know, if they can beat that Indiana team in Bloomington. Uh, yeah, there's some challenging ones in the league, but there's nothing in there that you say, yeah, they, they can't go there and win. There's no chance. This this team can win anywhere. They can also they can also lose anywhere, and that's and that's I think where the where the challenge is, right? That's the inconsistency that I, that I think Coach Howard wants to try to negate. Yep, we'll be looking for that. We'll be listening in on uh, Brian Bush this weekend as he brings you Michigan, Michigan State from the Breslin, uh, Brian. As always, thanks for joining us, and uh, we will talk again soon, my friend. You got it, John. Talk to you soon. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.